Hey Flocker fans! Hey Flocker fans, I don't think we've ever deserved this kind of spider monkey more than we ever have done today. Gordon Bennett, what God. a day. I fancy a bit of a blonde. You've always had that, haven't you? Mm. Your young lady's blonde, isn't she? She is. Yeah. She's natural blonde. Not so young. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, hang on a minute, she listens to this. Oh, well, I think she looks very young she for her age. Great. Yeah. Oh, cheers. Oh. Cheers, old boy. Oh, was that a social distance? Cheers. Touched, yeah, from two sort, meters. Yeah, sort of touched. Oh yeah. Mm. So yeah, but spider monkey. Yeah, I like the spider monkey. So I've got blonde. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna be very disappointed when all this beer's gone. Mm. We've got through. This is after this. It's got two podcasts worth of beer left. Mm. I never imagined it would last three months. Oh, oh god, mm. that's lovely. Oh, how are we doing then, Flock fans? We're sort of getting back into it a little bit, aren't we? We're trying to. We're doing a bit more than we were during lockdown, weren't we? I know that was a bad, bad period. Bad period. Oh, it's been so busy. We have been busy, haven't we? Very, very busy. Mm. Not just on the higher front and um, our blessed friends the couriers, mm. but uh, our uh, Fluckalix messages and Fl yeah, all the messages you've been getting have uh, have come becoming rampant at the moment. We'll have to cover a couple of bit of interesting snippets. Oh yeah, we'll have to be careful with some of the Fluckalix. Yeah, well, they definitely won't come from the actual force or the actual source, will they? No, I was going to suggest we used Bullshire force, but it's a bit cheeky using that, isn't it? Because that's already an existing... Yeah, we'll probably get in trouble. We'll probably get sued, won't we? We might. Yeah. Because we love Bullshire. We love a bit of Bullshire. And, and if, if anyone has never heard of Bullshire... Yeah, get on Facebook or on or on the internet and research Bullshire Police. That's B-U-L-L-S-H-I-R-E. And it's great. It's full of great little snippets, isn't it? Mm. And it's so true, isn't it? it? Is. All of the things they they do take the Mickey. Obviously, you know, not in our politically correct kind of manner, but they are uh, a little irreverent, aren't they? We do enjoy it. Oh, creaking a bit again. Oh yeah, Sorry. don't do all that creaking again. It's annoying when you listen back to I it. I know it is. Yeah. Um, that's because it's like our raw podcast. Well, that's zero true, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. If everybody's anybody's looking for a professional podcast, then uh, best not to linger too long on this one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I suggest we have a toast. Oh, who to? Matt Rattama. Oh, Matt Rattama, yes. Matt. May you uh, finally rest in peace, Matt. God bless him. Yeah. I'll tell you what, that brought a tear to my eye. Well, it's just, it's just beyond terrible, mm. isn't it, what that happened? And for uh, our uh, flucker fans around the globe uh, who are not aware of the tragic uh, incident that took place in a custody suite in uh, Croydon, in Croydon, in, in London, London, very recently. Big uh, smoke. A detained person, I believe, was transported to the custody suite, uh, handcuffed to the rear, under arrest for possession of ammunition and drugs, I mm. believe. Um, in the back of the van, and the sergeant, Matt Tom. Yeah. Came out to do a COVID assessment. So I suppose all DPs now are going through. Have you got a cough and have you got a temperature and that kind of thing? And the back of the van was opened, and uh, the custody sergeant was shot by the DP with a handgun, I believe, in the chest and died. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just horrific. It is horrific. Utterly horrific. Yeah. It is. It's, it's terrible. I mean, is it. Before we go into a bit more of the detail of, the, of that incident, and bearing in mind we can only talk about what's been disclosed in the media and what we've heard a few snippets from, yes. you know, some of our Flocker, Flocker fans and a few leaks, 
I'd just like to pay a bit of tribute to him because he's right near the end of his service. Just a few weeks to go. He looks a proper lad, doesn't he? He does. He, he looks like, like he'd be an handful. Yeah. You'd want him on your side, wouldn't you? Well, yeah. Yeah. Ideal bloke. And the, the tragedy, wasn't it, is that apparently his family said that he'd gone into custody just to see out his last few months because it was safer there. Oh, yeah. Terrible. And I'll tell you what else brought a tear to my eye. Because he's, um, he's from uh, New Zealand yeah. descent, isn't he? Heritage. Mm. The New Zealand cops doing the hacker. Mm, yeah, I saw that. Mm. Fantastic. That was that. That certainly brought a tear to me. I made my heart swell and uh, put yeah. a tear in my eye yeah. when I watched that. I just think I was kind of like the hacker. Even even when I watched you know the All Blacks, yeah. it's just like this. Yeah, I love the All Blacks. Like ba- preparing for battle and yeah. you know, and it yeah. gets them all psyched up and yeah. they're ready for it and this unity of, the eminent, yeah, enemy. this unity of getting prepared and n- n- yeah. all costs to win. Yeah. It's just that, that, that war cry. A bit like when you go into a firearms job. With, with, with the team. A bit yeah. like you when you're running across open ground. <laughs> oh God. Hey, we got some, we got some stuff to, about firearms coming but, but yeah. But yeah, so just going back to that then. Oh, I mean, first of all, if you've stopped somebody and they're in possession of ammunition, so I'm talking from experience here, and I've yeah. done it with. You know, well, I don't with, think you have to have the experience, to be honest, for what you're probably about to say. You turn that person inside out, wouldn't you? What? Looking for that firearm. What's what Why? is associated with ammunition? Let me think. Now. Yeah. Sausage rolls? No. No. A bloody gun. How on earth have they have they missed it? Were, were they just complacent? Did they not search them at all? Did they? Did, was it in, an insufficient search? Were, were they not thorough enough? Because if it was if it was me and if, and I spoke to you know some serving cops at the minute and they've all said, yeah, pretty much the same. You'd be turning them inside out and upside down, wouldn't well, you? You'd be fully in the strip search, wouldn't you? But not only that. Why weren't they escorted? I don't know why. Why, why wasn't somebody sat with them all the time? Yeah. Mind you, though, if you couldn't conduct a search because of the location where they were yeah, stopped, you'd be with them, wouldn't you? So I'm conscious of. Excuse me. Is that blonde repeating on me? I'm I'm conscious of the uh, the difficulties all over the country at the moment, but in particular some of the major cities like London, the stop search and the inference that people draw with stop search, you know, and the politics behind it, yeah. and they may have been reluctant to carry out a more thorough detailed search at the side of the road because of you know public perception, what it looks like, because it can look oppressive. Yeah. If there's a couple of you, if there's a van there, a couple of you stopping, what looks to be. You know, just somebody minding their own business, but especially if they're a person of colour yeah, yeah. and they're being turned inside out and upside yeah. down on the street. There may it well be a lot of hostility in the street. It doesn't look very good. Uh, so, you know, speaking from experience and, and looking at the, the scenario or the issues that they may have faced, it may be a case of we need to get him off the street and get him somewhere quick where we can search him. But it, during that point, if that would have been me, I know it's easy to say all this because it's hindsight, yeah. but would you have had him escorted, somebody sat with him? What Because if he's handcuffed to the rear, at the point when they're handcuffing, hand, handcuffing, handcuffing him to the rear, he will not have had the firearm in his hand. So, by that virtue, being left alone, isolated in a uh, maybe a cage in the back of a van, you know, a, a, a prison van, he's somehow got that firearm that's secreted yeah. about his person, yeah. managed to get it into his hand. Well, some people can get the cuffs round, can't they, from behind their back? Yeah, you can. You no can get it under your, under your bum and under yeah. your feet. I've had that before. Yeah, not very often. I think, well, we don't know what's happened in the circumstance, and it would be grossly unfair for us to say, in relation to the arresting officers, what the circumstances were and what the... And this will all come out, won't mm. it? But what I, what I am able to say is a couple of things. First of all, over time, 
I know from personal experience and that of working with other cops is that complacency does creep in unless you are constantly reminded of the dangers. Mm. That is just a, a, a fact of life. It does creep in, in all aspects of your work. Um, and so I wouldn't be too harsh to just someone that perhaps hasn't done a thorough search because I wish I had a pound for every time that I was in custody and I was doing perhaps, because uh, I worked quite a lot of overtime, doing DO mm. overtime. And uh, after these people had been searched, I would then search them myself as a member of the custody staff and you'd regularly find things. Mm. You'd regularly find drugs, weapons, um, you know, not every day, but regular enough to, to make it clear mm. that that initial search wasn't done thoroughly enough. Mm. And I don't think it's because people are, you know, neglectful of their duty. I think it's just it's a degree of complacency. Yeah. does does come into play. I'm sure it does. And, you know, I did quite a lot of um, search training um, when I was on the a tactical team with yeah. some additional search training and it's amazing how when you do these exercises with the people that train you how they're able to secrete certain things around their body and they are very difficult to find mm. and I accept that yeah so they were they um, in places that you would be reluctant to put your hands really so sort of down <laughs> near the genitalia area oh right well, um, well, the small of the back armpit yeah. uh, amazing really what, what they could get away with and on a preliminary quick pat down yeah, would, would miss it yeah. but also you know my, my, I, I, my heart goes out to the cops I mean were, were the transporting cops were they the arresting cops or were they yeah, just the transporting cops there were some specials they must well, that, feel. well that's yeah. what I was going to say how would you feel that you know your actions or inactions have brought about the death of one of your colleagues you would be absolutely devastated wouldn't you unimaginable devastated and, and uh, I think it's as well, isn't it, just to, to wait until the full facts of what happened come out prior to, you know, coming to any conclusions. That, you know, at the, at the moment, best left as something mm. tragic that needs to be investigated, but it's difficult to imagine scenarios where there hasn't been some kind of mm. oversight, to put it mildly. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll watch this space, I think. Yeah. Happen. Well, rest in peace, uh, Matt. Oh, yeah. boy. And... Um, Bless you know, him. It's, mm. uh, it's heartbreaking, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I'll tell you what, did you also see that, um, I think it was an Asian special uh, a few months ago who was quite badly injured in um, when he was uh, on duty. He got run over. And I think he's been ill for quite some time. I can't remember what his name was now. And sadly he died as well oh, re yeah. recently. What, as a result of those injuries? Yeah, it was I think it was complications from oh, dear. Uh, that yeah, uh, Asian special. He looked uh, yeah, cracking again cracking lad. Uh, and that again, heartbreaking, isn't it? Heartbreaking. But also, mm -hmm. while we're talking about Matt and the death of cops, I've got a bit of an idea, which I'll come to later. You have to remind me about my idea, uh, whether the the Flucker fans will go for it or not. Is this for another business? <laughs> yeah. No. Um, it was also uh, National Police Memorial Day, wasn't it, on Sunday? It was. And what the uh, what, what was going around on Facebook was go outside at eight o'clock at night, on Sunday night, uh, with a drink or a, and a torch or a mobile phone and wave a light. And so it was, sort of, I thought, befitting to do that, especially with the timing of the death of Matt as well. And we 
uh, went outside, and I was expecting a kind of you know an NHS Thursday type evening. Yeah, yeah, a few people out on the street. Yeah, great. Waving, yeah, a bit like a Barry Manilow concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was me and my family that I dragged out. Oh no, was it? <laughs> that was it. Yeah, I was quite disappointed, but it doesn't get the coverage, does it? You know that the NHS uh, clap clap for the NHS on Thursday. No. Yeah. So I was, I was, I was. Well, plus at the minute, isn't it? Plus at the minute, people all, you know, the the news is all anti-police at the moment, isn't it? Isn't it just anything mm. that can possibly take a, a snipe at the police and what they do? The leftists, yeah, all the mm. terrible wrongs, all the searching of these tooled-up people. Mm. You know how bad it is, mm. and you know all the racial profiling that the police do. It's. Mm. I think about um, that custody charge and getting killed. But I, I've um, in a number of Facebook groups uh, that, that um, feature the police in the in the states, and police officers dying is like a daily occurrence. I know. You know, and I'm somewhat hoping that the the shock and the horror of it happening to one of our own, our custody sergeant. I, I hope that that is mirrored in the states, and I hope that there's not a feeling over there of well, you know, another one bites the dust, life goes on. Because it shouldn't be, isn't it? How tragic can it be that those people that are there to serve and protect you, you know, they're losing their lives. And, and increasingly now, they're being targeted, they're getting ambushed. Yeah. There's that lad, isn't there, in, in custody now, four and a half million dollar bail or something like that, where he's um, been involved in police being called. And he's gone up to the uh, the vehicle with a gun and um, shot them repeatedly. Yeah. Um. Shocking. Well, I mean, look in this country. Uh, only just over a week ago, there was a major uh, a major firearms operation. I think again in somewhere in London, where I think was it ten or eleven cops were injured. They had acid. Was it acid thrown on them? Yes. Hospitalised. A couple yeah. of them quite bad. Can you imagine that? It's, what is happening? People, there's just no respect. It's like we're losing the streets. We. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It is. Well, it is we. Well, it is we. Normal people are losing control of the world, and it's the bloody mutants. The good word. But, yeah, and I, I, I've been using that word a lot you have. recently. Yeah, even today, for example. I did. Where you nipped out oh. to get a break from work because it's been chaos. So, but, but manners, decency, normal behaviour seem now to be a rarity. I, I feel like I'm a dinosaur expecting good manners now why should it be why should it be so 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 that might be a bit unusual of a, thing that might be a bit of a uh not like a Freudian slip but a uh a, a quite an ironic or maybe an ironic term to use because maybe we are going to be extinct maybe the people the good people will become extinct and we'll just be left with a bloody a plan mutants. a planet of lefties and mutants yeah because it just seems to be you know okay i know everybody doesn't agree with things like the covid policies and these usually it's the people that you know, have got some sort of, <laughs> I can't wear a mask, I've got a tiny little issue with breathing. Yeah, normally. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to the shops today, you know, we're expected to wear face masks. Why is it so bloody hard not to do as you're told? So loads of people in the shop not wearing a face mask, bloody mutants. Mm. I'm queuing up two metres apart from the person in front of me at the checkout and some other orangey brown made up person with massive painted on eyebrows looking a complete twat just goes in front of me queues up and uh, the checkout assistant says uh, excuse me the gentleman behind you is, is first oh sorry I didn't see you there 
Yeah. Well, that comes from two metres away yeah. from the person that's being served. Yeah. You Not right up their arse like yeah. you, you bloody idiot. So I said, no, just go on. And then went to another checkout. But that flight back from our holiday recently, half the mutants on that flight were like, had a mask around their chin, gassing away, feral children running up and down the bloody alley, you know, in a way that I would never expect my children ever to have behaved. And if they had, they'd have been bloody sorted out mm. straight away. Yeah. But no, let's, what the standard now for society is as low as you can bloody get. I hate it. Mm. I find myself regularly angry uh, in all sorts of scenarios. And it's, I don't know. I'm the same. Yeah. So uh, I went out with Bruno and our oh, good ladies. Yeah, Bruno. Because it was his birthday. Good old Bruno. Yeah. And um, we went to a really nice country pub. So it was about, about seven or eight miles away. Yeah. Uh, I drove there. Back roads. Yeah. Don't mention the name because it'll be inundated. Yeah. Yeah. Back roads. So practised uh, practiced a little bit of driving skill. You know, a bit of Ooh, smooth, right. progressive. I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> a, uh, what cop was it that got done for doing 150 whilst... Yeah. Whilst on duty, instead he was doing practicing Practic skills. Yeah, keeping his skills up. Well, it's a perishable skill. It is. Yeah, it's like shooting, isn't Especially it? Especially when it's you perishable. leave the job. Anyway, uh, so we arrive at uh, said establishment, nowhere to park, because uh, the car park is full of a marquee for people that just want to go in this pub for a drink. So I had to park on the road, so I dropped everybody off at the pub, and I said, I'll go and park, park down the road, and then I'll, uh, I'll come back. Anyway, so as we get there, uh, Bruno's... Bruno's wife it says to him, are you feeling all right? He says, no, I'm not, I'm not a particularly good passenger. <laughs> I thought my driving was a bit queasy. Oh, oh, he said, I'm all right when I'm driving. Yeah, we drive like bloody driving Miss Daisy, yeah. doesn't he? Like a little old lady. Yeah, bless him. <laughs> so, uh, but, but that then made me think about a couple of things. Was um, We then got talking about being a passenger on a, on a blue light run. Yeah. And I remember when I was on uh, arm response, I had to pick somebody up from one side of the counter, I think it was an encore DI, and get them to the other side of the counter on a blue light run. And of course they spent most of their career on CRD, so I get some in my Volvo. Yeah, he was, was he massive, pies, <laughs> was he a big unit? Yeah. Was he? <laughs> and uh, anyway, so we, we blatted off from uh, north of the county down towards the city. Yeah. And when we arrived there, we got out and there was no colour left. There was no colour left on their face whatsoever. And I thought it was a pretty average driver. Yeah, really. have you not managed to finish all his crisps and stuff? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I said, yeah, "Are you right, boss?" "Not really, not, oh, yeah, not really." Yeah. As they got out of the car, and was like, "Yeah, I feel a little bit, a little bit sick." So you don't have to make a lot of progress in CID, do you? No, <laughs> very steady. <laughs> so that it made me think about that, and then we got chatting about um, about blue light runs and driving, and when you're a passenger. So you know, I didn't realise that there were that many. Like, see, I never really came across it that much, but there were that many cops that didn't like being passengers on blue light runs and. He even uh, gave an example where, quite recently, there was a blue light run with two cops and they were debating who was going to drive because mm. neither of them liked being a passenger. And on the way to the job, they had to stop for the passenger <laughs> to get out of his sick. Really? Yeah. Where was this? Bloody lightweight. Was oh, this not? Uh, yeah. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How embarrassing. I, th I found that hilarious. And um, the driver said, I can't wait for you. I've got to get to the job. No, and left him. No, did he? Left them at the side Fantastic. of the road, throwing up. <laughs> Brilliant. I think that was great. <laughs> you see, great. A proper cop would have just opened the window and barfed out the window, wouldn't yeah. they, as they're going along? Yeah. And then, and then it reminded me when I used to be a passenger on, on response. We used to have a thing called a tough book, which we could take out, which was like a, a laptop. Yeah. And we had access to, you know, 
vision, command and control, or, you know, PNC, yeah, Durham, yeah, all, all yeah. everything was loaded onto this uh, this tough ball. Sometimes when you were going to a firearms job, especially if it was like the sergeant, you'd be bronzing it, the passenger in the uh, in the ARV, you'd, be, you'd have your head down, looking at the laptop. Ah, well, that could make you feel a bit queasy. But it didn't it used to make me, feel, but yeah, I can, I'm just trying to explain to people what that is like when you're not looking where you're going. Yeah. Driving at speed, like on like an Alton Towers ride, it, very much so. Yeah. Clinging on to the uh, handrail yeah. and trying to hold the, yeah. the top. And I, I and I still while trying to load your weapon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I was the, I was the fastest of drivers, but there were certainly some much better drivers than me, faster and and just generally better naturals. You know, you know, yeah, yeah. and cross they could drive fast. And they, you know, and they used to make me worry a little bit even yeah. when I was looking at them. So when I got my head down, looking at the tough ball. It was Probably just best not to be watching. It was just like there, there, but for the grace of God, there you go, yeah, you know, just yeah. cling on. Who was the best, best driver that you equipped? Oh God, who would it have been? Uh, there was there was one guy who was based in the north of the county, ex traffic, and he he races races cars as well. Really, he yeah. was really good, was really it? good. Um, yeah, and uh, I say to him quite often, good that man. was a, that was a good drive. Yeah, that was a good drive. Uh, really, yeah. yeah. And so he wasn't just. No, he was very as good, good as a racer. He was actually detecting. Yeah. Did he drive according to the system? Uh, um, except on bends, he had his own style for getting <laughs> on bends. Which, you know, slight drift. Because normally, isn't it? Normally, it's fast on the straights and steady on the bends. Steady on the bends. Yeah. No, he was fast. He was steady everywhere. He, he was he fast, was fast everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. What was it? No, you get no points for going around bends fast. That's what the used to was. No points for going around the bends fast. Oh right, really. Mm. But anyway, he was good. Then there was a couple of lads in the city. Um, I think uh, one used to do some private driving stuff for Honda. Uh, he was a driving instructor as well. Uh, he was good. There was another lad who used to do some kind of racing. He was good. I can't think what his name was now. They were like super, super fast. Were they? Yeah, super fast. But I tell you what, often, because I was based in the north of the county quite a bit, so it's all rural roads, open, yeah. um, and they were based in the city, you could tell the difference in the driving styles with the city drivers. When they came up north, they weren't as fast. Oh, uh, right, interesting. Yeah, but were fast around the built-up areas. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, uh, right. Mm. Oh, I suppose it's just about the, the practice with the brain processing all mm. the different types of information. That's interesting. Yeah. So, uh, just as an aside, so you're out in your uh, ARV and your pursuing vehicles, how many times were you left standing by offenders that just left you for dead? Um, probably, I wouldn't say left us for dead, what would happen, you'd have to abort it because the manner of driving would get to the point where this is going to go horribly wrong, they, they would do anything to get away. Yeah. So how about, how about just being straightforward out driven, not necessarily, because oh. some people can drive yeah, very quickly, yeah. but safely. Um, quite a few times on, with motorbikes. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, quite a few times, because they could stop and turn in the road quick, quicker than what you could. Yeah, you change direction, not yeah, um, So it was very difficult to uh, to compete with them. And quite often as well, you they, they were aborted yeah. very, very quickly. You'd, you'd look lucky if you get, if you got two or three minutes on a pursuit. Yeah. With a motorbike. And of course, back in those days, of course, you wouldn't be able to knock them off, would you? You'd be like, catch them up and you'd be like, oh, excuse me, old boy, do you mind pulling over? Yeah. Um, and was, they wouldn't always comply um, with them. But obviously, sometimes they reverse into your car, don't they, at speed? Yeah, I've had that happen yeah, with a bike. Yeah. Repeatedly hitting me. Yeah. Or reversing into my police vehicle. 
just to make it look as if I'd ran them off. Yeah, well, I remember one, one job where I had to go down and supervise, which was a stolen moped on the embankment in Nottingham. And somehow the uh, somehow the moped rider in Pillion ended up on the bonnet of the uh, police car. Deliber God knows obviously why. Obviously deliberate. They did a wheelie and la landed it on the front of the uh, Volvo. Yeah, that's unusual. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it was written. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to have seen that statement. Yeah. I bet it's one of the longest statements ever written. The, well, the Pillion ran off and uh, went to ground somewhere in an in a area of the city called the Meadows. Yeah. And the driver jumped into the river. Really? Yeah. Look did drown? Uh, no, we realised once he jumped into the river that's that... Uh, he was not in the appropriate clothing to, to be swimming off. Levels. So uh, it was putting his hand up to like, pull me oh, out, pull me bless out. him. So when I arrived about two minutes later, because it was literally not far yeah. from where we were based, two minutes around the corner. Did you all stand around looking at each other going, oh, I can hear something. No, I, yeah. I said to the cops, did he, did he stand on his head or is he just naturally that wet? And I went, well, you know, Oh, they already got him out of it. Sort of helped him out. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly. Oh, dear. Anyway, but uh, do you want to know what my great idea was? Oh, go on then. Going back to the um, uh, map and the police memorial, mm. I don't know how this, what, well this will go down with the listeners, but I thought, do you think we could set up uh, a Just Giving page? The Fluckers, Bob, British Bob is off the cuff, cuff, Just Giving page. And every time somebody listened to an episode, it's not compulsory, yeah. if they maybe donated like 50p Ooh. per episode, and we could raise money and give it to cops, care of police survivors. You can get upwards of a pound a week, I reckon. Yeah, but I thought, you know, we're getting quite a few downloads, quite a few countries. If we set up a Just Giving page... Hey, that's not a bad idea. You, you know, every time you listen to an episode, would you donate... If it was 25p, yeah. 50p. Because yeah. we don't do any adverts, we're not interested in making money out of this. But what would be good is if, when you download an episode, just jump onto the Just Giving page, donate 25p, 50p, or a pound, or whatever you want. Don't stop, don't stop at a pound. Oh. Per, do you think people would go for that? I don't know. I think it's worth the go. And then once a month, we could tell everybody on the one podcast that we've done, <laughs> we've made, <laughs> made three two pounds. And six. <laughs> two and six. Yeah. Yeah. We've made three pounds this month. For, but I thought, you know, we, get, we do get a lot of downloads. We do. An awful lot. And if everybody gave, like, you know, a pound, it would be amazing. Yeah, it would. It'd be fantastic. And every month, we could just give it to cops. Yeah. Which is the Care of Police, police survivors. survivors charity. Yeah. Excellent. Good idea, that. Do you like it's it? It's not very often you have that sort of good idea. No, no you're normally the, the one that comes up with the good well, ideas. Well, you've got fantastic ideas, haven't I, really? But yes, yeah, the, uh, the old um, spider monkey tends to slow up the thinking process. Yeah. Anyway, talking of firearms, then, we were going to say about flux. Oh, flux my things. God. I'm, I can't tell you how disappointed I am. Because I've always known you're special. Mm. And then, of course, you've always told me how special you are. And that... Drinking the firearms, protein shakes, yeah, how hard it is to get into firearms, gel in your hair, constant research that made you shit it the night before that you might not pass, and then the constant effort. the threat of having to go back on to response. Yeah, Christ, <laughs> yeah, all the time in the gym, the grooming, mm. all of that kind of thing. Easy. Yeah. Um, now it turns out. Now it turns out <laughs> through a flucker league. Through a flucker league, we shall, we obviously cannot divulge this source, but it's absolutely straight up this. From some force, somewhere in the country, there is a shortage of. There's a shortage of firearms officers, and some of the firearms officers that are currently on full duties going to firearms jobs are massively overweight and haven't passed a fitness test for the last three years. Yeah, and some of their qualification shoots is questionable. Yeah. 
well, e.g., they failed them. So, yeah, obviously, You've not heard that that, they'll be denied vehemently by whatever force it wasn't, isn't, is. Yeah. So, I just want to say, all of my illusions about you Quafford Gucci special ones <laughs> is now completely gone out of the window because you've got fatties running around. They don't can't give shoot a, for toffee. You don't give a shit about... I mean, how do you... What do they do? Do they stumble across open ground? Eating roll. A, eating a pie? <laughs> they roll. They roll. Let's hope it's downhill. Now, all I can say is, bosses, get your, get your house in order. Because what's going to happen when fatty shoot someone well and then it's investigated what's gonna you tell me is a, is a previous gucci special one what's gonna happen when fatty shoots someone well one of the things that will will happen will be your training record will be pulled oh would that by any chance include whether or not you can shoot or pass fitness tests yeah are they sort of key areas do you think in in firearms policing yeah are they perhaps the two key areas yeah oh very much so, so. so if you well, I mean, training split into so firearms training, if you like, is split into two, basically two areas. So it's the ability uh, to shoot and weapon handling skills, yeah. and then the tactic side as well. And you have to pass both. It's no good being a great shot, but ta tactically being unaware and, and hopeless at using, you know, the tactics that should be employed in particular jobs. Like for example, a building search. You know, if you don't know how to search a building properly from a firearms point of view, when you're breaching the threshold, what are the next steps? You know, if you are tactically unaware and just wander in, waving your gun around, well, he'd be all right because he won't hit anybody. But uh, yeah, true. You know, if you were, so all of these things will be looked at your your training record, and they'll go. I, I would be, I would think they would go. Oh, hang on a minute. It, it, it's not even it's, it's not even qualified properly. Yeah. So how can he how can he be, be a firearms cop, an operational firearms cop? So or she. So we've now got across all policing now, haven't we? We've got a situation where the attributes to do a job or a particular role have fully gone out the window. Now, I haven't got an issue with fat people, all right? If they're fat, they're fat. That does make you, in some circumstances, unsuitable for certain roles. Probably limbo dancing. Pole dancing. What's the way you get into, like, like um, escapology? You know, where you get into little, very tiny, tight spaces and then escape? Not easy when you're 25 stone. So well, you just have a bigger space to yeah. escape from. Well, yeah, okay. So you can be accommodated, perhaps, in some ways, you know. A diver? Would you make a good diver if you was grossly overweight? Oh, or perhaps you sink quicker. Well, or do you float? I don't know. Maybe, maybe one of the bubble heads so, could let us know. So I'm carrying an extra couple of pounds mm -hmm. post-holiday. I, I don't mind admitting it. Um, but I would say, at this moment in time, I'm probably just below, especially after the hip-hop, just below the level of firearms fitness. No. I maintain pretty well. I would say I would have been able to, no problem, pass the firearms fitness test pretty well throughout my whole policing career. Yeah. I always kept myself a high level of fitness. Well, um, you just went on a bike ride the other day, didn't you? Just 48 miles? 40, uh, yeah, I think it was about, 40, it was about 48 miles. Yeah. No uh, training, just jumped on the bike. And, and I've, I've started to walk back slightly normally now after that. It's like, well, my bum really, really mm. did hurt. Um, and you know, doing it on a happy shopper really isn't the yeah, that's right, isn't the ideal I know, bit of kit. To I know. Does it? But my point is this: is now you know, for years we've been taking on people that aren't suited to the role of response. People were coming on; they immediately went on response. They were either yellow and didn't like confrontation, fat, 
and weren't fit enough to run after people. And so that the response role has been dumbed down considerably, hasn't it? So what that effect of that was to put pressure on the cops that were fit, the cops that were able to take confrontation. You know, very few people love confrontation. Well, my ex-wife did. Um, but not, every, you know, but some people would have to do it, especially if half of their shift were frightened of confrontation and would be always bringing up the rear. So to finally hear that it's come to the firearms departments uh, in certain forces, it's really disappointing, but it's not surprising. Mm. I, I, I was very disappointed and this is absolute gospel first hand from a member of a force that um, yeah. is a totally reliable source uh, a member of a force who's a totally reliable source that has seriously considered jacking it in yeah how yeah. bad is that yeah. and how good is he or she they are very good are, they are very good they probably yeah. as good as you could possibly want in that yeah. role yeah but what other things were coming out with Things that he was expected to cover up and not to. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, we better not yeah. go into those, yeah, because mm. we might speak out of turn. But but the whole, I mean, chatted this gentleman for uh, for some time the other day. I came away seriously despairing, disappointed, very disappointed. Yeah, it's a it's a concern, isn't it? I tell, something else that that uh, was mentioned, and I'm I wanted to talk about this some time ago, but uh, you know because of. This and that, it just slipped, just slipped through the net. It was so the civil nuclear constabulary, oh, yeah. who are um, armed police. I don't want to, you know, we had a we had a civil cop on, didn't we? Uh, Sorry, yeah, yeah, um, good lad, mm. good cop. Been a uh, been a regular cop and uh, special for years. Special and then civil nuclear cop. It was the um, it was some forces who were struggling to retain firearms cops and get bums on seats. And, uh, and fill the uh, fill up the billet of numbers, if you like, for how many firearms cops were required. So they had transfer windows to allow uh, CNC cops, who who are already trained firearms cops, to transfer direct from civil nuclear constabulary direct into a home office force and become a firearms cop straight away. And this brings on to another topic, which somebody messages about about what makes a good cop and what makes a good good sergeant. But my point is. How can they, I'm not trying to be belittle or undermine or be disparaging about civil nuclear cops, that's not, that's not the case. They're there to do a role and I'm sure they do that role very well, I'm sure they're very well trained to do that role. Same, but, but they're not cops, are they? They're not cops in the sense of home office cops that have been a cop, have, have, have learnt their street craft, have, you know, know how to deal with disorder, can go into a pub fight, can deal with domestics, domestics, deal with road traffic collisions. You know, all of those things that make a good rounded cop with lots of street craft that then decides they want to become an AFO, an authorised firearms officer. So they, they're extracted from civil nuclear constabulary straight into a home office force, straight onto a, into a firearms car. Great. To me, I think that's shocking. That is shocking. Because to be a good firearms cop, I think you need to be a good cop. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? But if you haven't had the grounding in doing that. Yeah. How can you possibly... How can you possibly know how to deal with, you know, disorder and hostile and difficult confrontation that's that's on the streets all day long, whether it's a taser job or authorised fire or a, you know a, a firearms job? It's, that's a good it's, call. It's, yeah, it's, I don't know what I don't know what the CNC training involves in relation to dealing with hostile situations. Are you more inclined to shoot someone if you haven't had that grounding? 
Well, I don't think it's that. It's, you know, when... when I think what people under, underestimate about firearms cops, and I'm not big, trying to big up AFOs, is that, that they've dealt with disorder. They've dealt with confrontation, with, with conflict, with aggression and hostility towards them. You know, but you don't lose the ability to use your number one weapon, which is the hole in the front of your head. Yeah. You know, the Mark 1 tongue and mouth yeah. it will, will, it's far better than it any firearm. Most situations. It's just, the firearm is just an additional piece of kit, isn't it? It's just an additional use of force. Mm. It doesn't mean that you've lost the ability to use your mouth, your hands, your baton, yeah. spray, taser. Or rifle butt. Or barrel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, would you would you never actually is a use of force? I've, I've never covered this before. The technicalities of that. So, would you poke someone with the barrel then, or would you, done. or would you? Have you ever done that? I have oh, done. What with the with the with the sharp end? Yeah. Without a bayonet, obviously. Without a bayonet. Yeah. yeah. So, you, what, where did you poke them? It was on a. Um... <laughs> not the location. Oh, not in the body part. Yeah, and it was it was direct in the sternum. In the stern. Oh, yeah. did it did it. Come a bit keen. Uh, it, it almost dropped him, I think. How about mm. with the other end, the blunt end? Mm. You never. No. Not for a bit of no. hope? Not even when you're angry? No. I don't think it was an authorised Home Office approved technique <laughs> what, that I did. Really? No, oh, I suppose that would be seen as being a little bit oppressive, perhaps. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was, a, it was a, a drunken mutant who wouldn't leave me alone whilst I was on an armed. Uh, really? What, with armed a gun in full gear? Yeah, doing a. Uh, it's on a particular amazing. Job. It was like that mutant that yeah. fucking was provoking the police dog. Uh, yeah, and he was trying to put his finger in the barrel. Was it? Yeah. Oh, was it one of those peace protesters? No, no, no. And then um, it was clearly, you know, intoxicated with alcohol and maybe numerous other substances. Really? And, you know, vagrant type, wouldn't leave me alone. Really? It was, I'm sure I spoke about this before. Are they real bullets and all that? Is uh, that, you know? Yeah. And in the end, it was like, can you just go away, please? You know, can yeah. you go? And in the end, it was like, have a quick chat. I know he's looking quick shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. Did he end up like a pile of shit on the floor? It was, um, he was taken aback, I think, yeah. Was it? Mm. But anyway, so my point is going back to these uh, CNC cops. I, I personally, I can't see it. I can't see it working. Well, I, don't I can't wrong. see them being any worse than Fatty, oh. who can't shoot Poor or pass old. a fitness test. Poor old Fatty. I think I'd rather have a CNC cop than mm. uh, than that one. Mm. Oh. So going on then to uh, yeah, somebody messaged him, and I'm sure we've spoke about this before. What makes a good cop, and what makes a good sergeant? I don't think we'd ever know, would we? we just got to speculate. I don't know. I'm, I'm biased a little bit. Because you, we've got you one, were, bloke, one bloke who's, off on a, who's, who's sick, lame and lazy, and then, then you've got another one who got fired. Are we in a position to know what a good cop was? I was never sick, lame and lazy. <laughs> and yeah, you were fired. But you were, but, yeah, but you were a good, up to that point. A bit right, up to, right up to that point. It's part, a bit like the part. Titanic. It was a great journey, right, right up to that point. Until the point where you hit that iceberg. <laughs> yeah. She was a fantastic ship. Unsinkable. Yeah, absolutely yeah. unsinkable. Until. Yeah. yeah. People forget that it, that it had, you know, 2,000, 3,000 miles or whatever it was of completely uneventful, perfect steaming before she sank. Yeah, it. that's true. And perfect. you were a, a fabulous cop. Right Actually, up to that point. The, the words that, for me, spring to mind about what makes a good cop doesn't seem to apply anymore to a lot of people that are in the job. I mean, for me... One of the one of the key qualities. We, we have covered I've this done. on a previous podcast. We must have done, yeah. Sure. So we don't yeah. want to bore people. Oh, not only but, that, but I wonder if we were to say the same. Sorry to interrupt you. We'd we'll probably be completely different. Might, but maybe yeah. our views have changed on this journey of, of yeah, podcasting. True. Yeah, uh, mind you, this podcasting is probably more of a journey of enlightenment for us, isn't it? I find it kind of cathartic. I at do. Times. I do. 
Especially when we get guests on. Yeah. We need to get like, it's difficult with COVID. Yeah. Well, it is difficult with COVID. We could have them over the other side of the yard shouting, couldn't we? Mm. Like, so some, like some of our customers do. Do you, want, do you want to give a couple of lines of what makes a good cop? Resilience. Resilience. I think that's a key. And not easily offended. Fucking hell. <laughs> Sergeant told me to do some work. He's bullying me. Mind you, you've bullied the best, haven't you? <laughs> I've, been, I've been accused of oh, being a bully as a sergeant. Yeah. yeah, I actually told them to do some bloody work. Oh, mm. he's bullying me. Mm. It's pathetic. There's, you know, precious little resilience. Thank God for uh, Umberto Bongo. He's got plenty of resilience, hasn't he? Both in his domestic life and in his work life. I think being, being com competent, never complacent. Yeah. Resilient. Yeah. Uh, sense of humour. Sense of humour, yeah. yeah. Not easily offended. Yeah. Not a snowflake. Yeah. They, a team player. Definitely a team player. And that means risking injury just like the other people that are first in through the door mm. you know going in yeah. never leaving your colleagues always having their back and not yeah. turning away from violent situations yeah you know leaving someone else in the shit accepting and tolerant of your colleagues in terms of we've all we can all say things in the heat of the moment that may be construed as being not quite politically correct, really? but not. I mean, you may you may come out with a comment that, in certain contexts, may be construed as being unacceptable. But actually, in the context of when it's said, mm -hmm. accept so being told an understanding of that. Well, actually, that comment, if that comment was said in a different set of circumstances, it may be construed as being offensive yeah, yeah. to a, a, an individual group or people. Whatever. So being tolerant and mindful of that, because nobody's perfect. No. If, and if you, you know, the police are the public, the public are the police, all that kind of peeling and stuff. But you're going to have people that will have experience. I, I was, I could often say some derogatory and disparaging things about, you know, the traveller, the traveller community. Really? But it, but it was only drawn from my own personal experience of, yeah. of where I grew up. Yeah. And I made some comments at times that people would have said were questionable. There aren't. There are circumstances now where people make comments, and before you know it, it's in front of PSD. Yeah, and with saying, mock offence being taken. Oh God, get over it! Do you know what happens when you're offended? Nothing. Mm. Nothing. I don't. Nothing happens. I can't Move remember. On. Well, I can't remember the last time I've ever been offended about what? anything. Was it? Uh, I, I, well, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think it's possible to offend me. Because if it's something I don't agree with, then fair enough. Mm. I don't agree with you. I don't take offence because I don't agree with you. I don't wouldn't take offence about somebody pointing out my sexual, religious, racist, you know, being. I wouldn't. I wouldn't because I feel secure in in who I am, what I am, what I represent, and, and, and you know what I purport to be. I don't take offence if someone doesn't like it or calls me names or something like that I just think they're a bloody mutant it doesn't worry me no it doesn't mean so why why, why do we choose to be offended do, yeah. I saw a comment on a social media on yeah. Facebook on, a, on one of the groups um, it's like an ex-military uh, military ex-military uh, group and the post was said if you don't like what's posted in this group either leave or 
scroll on by and don't comment scroll on by scroll on by and I thought do you know what yeah that's right it's a group if you've been invited into this group then you then you're here as a guest if you don't like what somebody says or some or how somebody's expressed an opinion on something you know either join the debate and yeah I do uh, find it or, or or leave or scroll on by and read something else I do find it particularly pathetic the reactions that you see on things like bloody Facebook and stuff like that when somebody posts an opinion you know you immediately get this barrage of oh you can't say that oh, can't. you know you're you're saying this because you're a racist you're saying this because no I have an opinion if it's not an opinion you share just disagree with me don't yeah. you know don't take this mock offence and turn it into this massive issue if, if you think I'm wrong then, then just say Oh, we live in a fucking pathetic world. I, I despair. I despair. So that's what makes a good cop, doesn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. so. What makes a good sergeant? I mean, you were a sergeant, weren't you? Do you think people thought that you were a good sergeant? I would like to think people thought. What do you think that they rated about you as a sergeant? Ooh, I, um, honesty. Yeah. Flexibility. Ooh, flexibility. Accommodating. Yeah. Got your back. Really got your back, really well, even if it went horribly wrong. Yeah, that's unusual, mind you. They, you weren't probably high enough rank to do the <laughs> running for the hills as soon as it all went horribly wrong. Uh, not afraid to challenge uh, people. Oh, that yeah. doesn't happen very often now. No, um, people. And, I, did, and I got I, I, from my peers, other sergeants. I had a few complaints from them. Oh, what like? Um, can you not speak to my cops like that? Why? Why would you? Have occasion to speak to other cops. Well, because I challenged. Well, the handover. A handover was an example. So, uh, we received a handover from a different shift, and it was abysmal. What was, was the technical term we always use in relation to a handover that fell slightly below par? Was it fucking shit? Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, got this handover, and it was shit. It was abysmal, and we dealt with the job, whatever. And I'd obviously said something to one of the cops. I suppose we also got... describe for non-cops what a handover is. Um, well, in this case, it was difficult to describe <laughs> what, actually, what, what I was actually reading. I don't think uh, I don't think it purported to be or constituted a handover. Yeah. So a handover, isn't it? Is is a package put together by a cop dealing with a particular incident, in which they're going off duty, uh, and they haven't been authorised to be have the overtime or don't want the overtime, um, and therefore they can't deal with it themselves, and so then they have to. Well, sometimes, yeah, sometimes there are external factors as well. It might not be appropriate to arrest the person at that time. Because oh, good of, point. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah there are, There's a multitude of reasons why yeah. a handover could land on, on your desk. So an important thing about the handover is to put in as much detail as you possibly can about the circumstances, what's happened. So the, the person receiving it, who A, doesn't want it, and B, will do whatever they can to get out of it, <laughs> uh, is provided with enough tools for the job to be able to progress the inquiry. So that the person receiving it doesn't end up going, well, I wonder what happened to that. Where's the property? What's this? What's that? What, where are the drugs that they seized? You know, mm. oh, they're still in the, still in the officer's dad-proof vest. Um, <laughs> and all those sorts of things. So, a bit like vehicle keys and, and cash deposits. Yeah, like, that's yeah, it. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've still got the business card, haven't we? Um, so, and, and that's the important part. And, and the part of taking a pride in your, in your work was to never give a shit handover, wasn't it? Mm. So always make sure it's a comprehensive handover which answered all of the questions 
all of the exhibits, all the continuity, all of the evidence was there. So the poor sod that got the handover, who never ever wanted to get the handover, I think that's pretty universal, I don't think anybody ever wanted to get a handover, at least when that person received it, they didn't have to start from scratch and do all the bloody work that you should have done in the first place. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, and then so some handovers could be massively weighty tomes of paper, mm. couldn't they? Usually a 500-page PNC report for yeah. somebody who's ultimately going to get fuck all in court. But they would do their but best. You, and you would try and remand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's what handover was. So this handover was, was particularly thin, oh. shall we say. Wafer. Yeah. And uh, was it, it was just, I, I can't remember what it was. Uh, I can't remember what the job was. But somehow uh, the feedback, not not via me directly, got back to this copy who left the handover. And he came to see me and I was eating my uh, eating my lunch on my own in the dining canteen, whatever it was. And he came yeah. up to me and said, oh, I understand, uh, Sarge, you're not very happy with the handover. I went, no, it was fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> Were my exact words to this cop. We should have known better because he got about three or four years in. Oh, he's an experienced cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he went off and ran off and told his sergeant yeah, the way so, I'd spoken so to him. And then that sergeant then emailed me and, and basically said, don't don't speak to my cops like that. So uh, I, I think I accepted the, I accepted the fact that perhaps shouldn't have said. I should have told the sergeant that was fucking shit. Yeah, I should have said to the sergeant it was fucking shit. Yeah. So but, I wasn't afraid to say things like that. And I would say to people, you know. But if you're in combat, if you're in the army, and you're a lieutenant, you're wandering past, and somebody's not gone over the top. Mm. I think it would be reasonable for someone to say, "Get yourself over the top." Who wasn't necessarily from his same regiment? Yeah. Perhaps wouldn't say it in that manner. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, so so you're a bit so of a bully then. Um, yeah, I got into trouble for bullying. Yeah. Um, telling people to do their job. Yeah. When I was when I was a PC actually. Oh. On firearms, yeah. I was crewed up with a couple of guys. Between them, they got probably thirty odd years traffic and uh, firearms experience. Dead nice blokes, yeah. lovely blokes, dead knowledgeable. Bone idle, you know. But yeah, couldn't get into good jobs. Bone so idle. I used to make them go to jobs, and then they. Oh, they no, I bet they hated that. They complained to the inspector who then came over. Yeah, well, I, actually, I tell you what happened. I was parading on for afternoons, yeah. and I was always there in plenty of time for my shift, yeah. and. Uh, these two individuals had gone out. Oh. I don't know where they'd gone. And the morning shift said to me, oh, the inspector's in the sergeant's office, uh, wants to speak to you. So I was like, yeah, all right. So I got myself ready, yeah, uh, got kitted up, tie on, all that, went in. Yeah, sit down, I need to have a word with you. I'm like, yeah, yeah what's the matter? Well, it's about A and B. Yeah. Yeah, what about him? Well, they're not very happy with you. Oh, why is that then? Well, basically, you've come here and they work in a certain style and obviously you've got a different style. You mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, so a can, certain style. Yeah, yeah doing yeah. fuck all. So, so basically, um, they've complained about you bullying them. <laughs> Grown men. Yeah. Like, you mean because I'm making them go to jobs? Well, anyway, he wouldn't, he wouldn't accept that or concede it or admit it, so I should have said. Oh, really? Uh, do you know how they dealt with it? Should I tell you how he dealt with it? Uh, probably didn't do anything at all. He put me onto a a, a, a more active shift. No, Move me. I think no. you'd, be be you'd be better suited on That's this shift. That's what happened to um, MW. Yeah, you'd be better wasn't suited it? on this shift. Oh yeah, yeah. That story that we told before wasn't it about right? Let's get this sergeant on firearms. We'll train him up because we want him specifically to sort mm. out these people. Because he's like Marmite, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. 
And if you're a good cop, I never had any issue with him whatsoever. There was a reason for that. I bloody did my job. And so he was brought in specifically to tackle the elitism and the idleness of this firearms group. Mm. So he did that, didn't he? Yeah. And what was the outcome? Was he he awarded some kind of commendation or a medal? Uh, No, he ended up in custody. (laughs) 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 Almost... Dishonourably, which which he, he managed to prove otherwise, and um, well, he's a great cop. He's a good cop. Yeah, and he's so, like Marmite. He, he, but the trouble is, though, isn't it? When when he he's a bit of a not a one trick pony, but he's a very determined, straight down the line kind of guy. If someone says to him, "Sort them out," mm. what's the very first thing that that particular person would do? Sort them out. Sort them out. And as soon as he did sort them out, oh, mm. we're getting bullied. Mm. Oh. Do we, do we tackle the people that allegedly are getting bullied, the idle ones, the ones that toss it off and don't actually do the job, or do we move the sergeant? Oh, yeah. Let's mm. not only move the sergeant, but take his firearms ticket off him. It's so, yeah, so I think as a sergeant, robust, a uh, bit fair. Yeah, fair, yeah. Be, be fair. Yeah. Um, challenging, harsh at times. Oh, yeah. Be honest. Yeah, brutally yeah. honest. Yeah, absolutely, and I was most of those things. Um, and still a team player. I was. I'm never getting anybody to do anything. What were your weak points? Um, what do you think you didn't didn't oh do? God, my weak points. I didn't like paperwork much. So I always used to leave it. Did you? Leave yeah. Did you cut a few corners? No, I never cut corners. Um, Did you always keep your pocketbook up to see? No. no. Um, many. Of course, I've got many weaknesses. Not not saying I'm perfect, but uh, anyway, I want to move on quickly because we're running out of time. Are we? Uh, yeah. So that's good cop, good okay. sergeant. Yeah. Last one is that I want to cover tonight is. Could you stand up for me? Okay. Just face that way. Is it going to hurt? Yeah. Oh, ow! Did you see what that oh, was? Oh, you cheeky thing! You yeah! Oh. Yeah, that's about I've having my arse slapped. Yeah, that was quite invigorating, actually. Yeah. A lot of little firmer than I expected. Right. But, yeah, not unpleasant. You naughty boy. <laughs> oh, you are a thing, Sarge. Oh, oh dear. Well, anyway. You are a wag. So there's a cop. Is he an inspector? I think he's just having mis- gross misconduct here. Gross for misconduct. Slapping a female cop's arse. Really? Was it the chief constable's arse? Um, well, no, that was the chief constable's daughter, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, don't go into that again. Oh, it wasn't the chief constable, anyway. Next best thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyways, that's final written warning. Well, he was quite lucky then. He was lucky he was well, an inspector. And he said something like naughty girl, but he argued and said, I didn't say naughty girl, I said cheeky, or, or the other way around. Oh, that makes it far worse. Yeah. But, so he's had a final written warning for that. Yeah, we know a cop. Well, he does exactly the same thing. He got sacked. Got sacked. Have you ever, question, have you ever had your ass slapped? As a cop? Oh. Yeah? Yeah. By another male cop? Yeah. I've, I, I've been. Um, what were you doing here? <laughs> <at the time? laughs> I've been plumbed. You've been what, sir? Plumbed. Oh, uh, which is like a, a, a bit of a smack in the. Uh, as they walk past you, oh. down the corridor, and you've got your hands full, normally like. Cup, what, with the cups Goldilocks? Of, in the Goldilocks? Couple of, couple of cups of tea and walk no. past. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, what from behind? Uh, from the front, I'm Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Running past them on the stairs as you're going out to a job. Oh really? Oh yeah. So all these stupid <laughs> things. Uh, yeah, and invariably sometimes by my by my sergeant. Really? Yeah. I was quite young in service. What was he like? He was he was sad. 
good bloke. Yeah. Okay, but uh, has anybody in the female persuasion ever slapped your bum uh, in any circumstances? I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what happened to me, obviously, when I was a lot younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, you know, they're not queuing up to do it now. But back in the day, sort of Benny Hill-esque, you know, yeah. back in the day, it but would be... It... Yeah. Well, we having this conversation earlier, weren't we? About 20 years ago, if we'd have uh, had a similar sort of thing happen, how many cops with over 20 years of experience would escape getting sacked? Yeah. I don't think there'd be any left, would there? There wouldn't. And we were having our conversation earlier was also if we were back in uniform now, we'd never last two weeks, would we, before we got sacked? Either that or we'd have to have a, va- a very, very short, quick change of culture and stuff, wouldn't we? Yeah, I don't think I'll manage it. I don't think I would. No. Interestingly, 20 years ago, those cops that were doing all these things are now the cops. That are policing. That are policing it, yeah. investigating it. Yeah. Oh, you naughty boy, you shouldn't have done that. Well, you were doing plenty of it. Well, you were doing worse. I think there was, uh, even with our uh, our local PSD, the head of that, at some point, was it was up to plenty when she was uh, in uniform and then suddenly became mm. poacher-turned-gamekeeper and holier-than-thou mm. and judging people and sacking them, even yeah. though she'd done half of it herself. So let's hope this DI, um, who fortunately has managed to keep his role... Yeah. Let's hope that when he uh, climbs to the echelons of uh, you know the yeah, ivory tower, he, he remembers that when yeah. he's uh, when he's faced with a disciplinary panel where he's got to look at somebody and go, yeah, that's right. actually, what he did not that bad really. But has it set a precedence? Why why did one cop get sacked and this one didn't? Were there other circumstances that we don't know about? I don't know. You can't judge them both by the same. I suppose. It's well, we don't know all the facts, don't we? No, we don't. It's but like, it yeah. just goes to show, you know, twenty years ago, female cops were getting oh, their slapped, weren't they? And their thoughts you know, stamped. Obviously, with... it wasn't right. But at that time, you know, we're talking about. Well, is so... it right now? Is it? Is it? Would it? If it was your daughter, what would you think if she got her ass slapped by the DI and said, "Oh, you naughty girl," would you think it's a step too far? Boss? Well, again, like all these things, it depends on the dynamics of the relationship at the time. Yeah. You know, there's plenty that goes on within shifts, isn't there? A shift out of work parties and mm-hmm. dues, and. People will be people, and things will happen. Yeah. And in the context of most of the things that happen, never a problem. But take it in isolation. Someone goes home, says something to someone. Mm. Oh, really? Did that happen? You should make a complaint. Well, it was. I thought nothing yeah. of it. Well, it's a sexual assault. Yeah. So, oh dear. Anyway, so on that sloppy note. Well, yeah, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, well, that, that, that oh, cheers, old yeah, boy. Cheers. Right then, our lovely flock of fans. We promise to do another one soon. Oh, hi to Mark uh, in uh, Ohio. Thanks for Yeah, hi Mark. Uh, he was particularly uh, admiring your looks, uh, which I see you're wearing them again tonight. They're lovely <laughs> pairs. Those beautiful soft leather shoes. They're fantastic. I wish I had a pair like that. Anyway, he regularly wears Lopes, apparently. He right. loves the brand. And uh, he's also mentioned something about policing. I need to read the email again about uh, the fact that uh, you've got huge areas being covered by cops uh, on a tighter than tight budget. So we'll cover that at a future podcast. Yeah. Keep all the Fluckerleaks coming in. So send them in at uh, fluckerleaks at gmail.com. Anything uh, new you want to discuss, especially if it's in relation to fatty firearms cops. Or any other crazy stories like that. Yeah, okay. and in the meantime, I suppose we ought to. Fox Oscar. Oscar.